Good morning, Alaska, and welcome to Line One, your health connection on Alaska Public Media. I'm your host, Prentice Pemberton. Here at Line One, we have made it our mission to provide reliable health information that helps Alaskans make informed decisions about their health care. Over the last two years, perhaps the biggest health issue any of us have had to deal with is has been how to navigate decisions around COVID-19. Who do we hang out with? Do we go to work? Do we kids send our kids to school? And of course, should we get vaccinated? Well, with a number of partners, Alaska Public Media is encouraging Alaskan citizens to get vaccinated against COVID-19. We are doing this by having conversations and sharing stories from our community and by providing resources from experts in the medical field. We're calling this series of conversations, Talk to Your Neighbor, and we are encouraging you to call in and share your perspective on why you chose to get vaccinated and to discuss conversations you've had with loved ones about this issue. On today's edition of Talk to Your Neighbor, we're joined by four representatives from Mountain View Health Services, business manager Jessica Cabrera, clinic manager Connie Quinoviva, patient and community relations director Felicia Fleming, and the medical director, Dr. Jonathan Van Ravensway. Welcome to the program. I appreciate you all for taking the time to join me today. Well, thank you so much, Prentice. We're very excited to be here, and we are so happy to be involved with this conversation today and looking forward to uh, getting started and hearing from Alaskans. All right, great. I know uh, you are all in the same room and joining us via Zoom, so we will see how the uh, sound checks out. You sound fabulous, um, but as we get into this conversation, we'll sort of see how that goes. But before we get started, I want to take just a minute to remind people that we value listener participation. If you have a question for our guests today or a story you would like to share about your own vaccination journey, um, please feel free uh, to reach out and contact us. There are three ways to connect with us here at Line One. If you're in the Anchorage area, our phone number is 907-550-8433. That's 907-550-8433. If you're listening outside of the Anchorage area, you can reach us on our toll-free number. That's 1-888-353-5752. The last way is to email your questions to line1 at alaskapublic.org. Got to spell out line1, L-I-N-E-O-N-E, at alaskapublic.org. We will do our best to get your questions on the air and and get them answered. So um, we do appreciate anyone who wants to call in and maybe do it earlier rather than later because typically we get a rush here at the end of the show. And... uh, can't get everybody on the air. Okay, let's um, start off with some quick introductions. Can each of you take just a, a minute to tell our listeners a little bit about, about your background and your role at Mountain View Health Services? And uh, I guess we can start off with John since, uh, or Dr. Van Ravenway, excuse me. Um, yeah, you can start us off. Well, thank you, Prentice. Yes, I'm John Van Ravensway. And I 
And my parents are Victor and Georgianne Van Ravensway, and they brought me to Alaska in 1969 in their 1965 uh, Suburban. So we <laughs> trucked up the, the dusty Alcan Highway and made our way up and uh, ended up in Palmer and then Seward. And then later on, we uh, live, we've lived in Grayling, Tanana, and uh, I went to high school in Palmer and graduated there. Um, I lived here uh, pretty much my whole life, although my, my relatives are in Michigan. Uh, so I go back there to, to visit them in the Grand Rapids area, all the Dutch people there. So that's my background. But um, I've, I've lived in Alaska, been in rural parts of Alaska, Dillingham. I've lived out in Unalaska, been a commercial fisherman. And uh, I'd like to, you know, just thank, thank you for having us on here today um, to, to talk to Alaskans and have this conversation. Really like to thank um, those people out in Alaska that are involved in healthcare. And we're just so happy to be part of the system of, of care that Alaska has, Alaska has developed. And, and that, that extends, um, you know, all the way from Barrow to, to Huna to Atka and, uh, you know, Point Hope and Cottesview and, you know, all the way, you know, across the state, there's, there are so many people caring for our population and, um, you know, from, from the elderly, those uh, tribal children workers to healthcare, healthcare um, workers in clinics and, um, those, those people in the villages that are on the front lines, you know, we, our hearts go out to you and we connect with you here at Mountain View Health Services, being also in that front line service. Um, so those in Head Start, those in early childhood, you know, taking care of, taking care of, uh, of those in those sensitive and early years. We just, we just wanna reach out to all of you and say thank you for being a part of our healthcare system. In Alaska, and um, you know, I I started as a health and nutrition coordinator in Bristol Bay Native Association Head Start, and that that started my journey into healthcare, and just wanted to be involved with that, and ended up in the Whammy program here at UAA, and went to Seattle to to complete my medical school training, and then on to Ventura, California, and came back here to Mountain View to develop this, um, this clinic. So for the community, for those who need care the most. So that's my story. And we've, um, we've had a, we've had a team here since 2018. Um, the three people in the room with me, um, been, have been here, uh, taking on the mission of serving the community and giving care to those who need it the most. And so I guess with that, I'll, I'll, if it's okay, I'll just, Transfer the mic. <laughs> They're all giggling. Yeah. Uh, okay. Who wants to, who wants to be first? Oh, uh, here's Felicia. All right, Felicia, <laughs> hold on just a second. I do want to, I want to thank you um, for that shout out to that huge network of people around Alaska who are doing that work every day on the front lines. I think it's important for all of us to remember um, how many folks are stepping up at their own risk and um, to their own health and have been, toiling away uh, tirelessly at, at this for the last couple of years. I mean, not to mention um, pre-COVID, but I think it's important to remember and to highlight just how vast this network and, and 
the difficult challenges it is to provide these services all over the state. And it sounds like for 50 plus years, you've been here connecting uh, with Alaskans. And it sounds like you've kind of done and seen it all. So I, I do appreciate that reminder. Um, did you say we had a, a Felicia next? You can go ahead, Felicia. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I'm Felicia Fleming, the Patients and Community Relations Director. I am a born and raised Alaskan. My family has been in Alaska before Alaska was a state. Um, I grew up in East Anchorage, so I've always been around very diverse people. I'm multicultural myself, love community. Um, I have been in the medical field for about 14 years, started off as a CMA, went to UAA to receive my bachelor's in health science. Um, just really have, I guess, a passion for community and helping people and happy to be here, especially in um, Mountain View serving this community. I think it's a great service that we're providing for everyone. All right, thank you. Who's up next? To Jessica. <laughs> Hi, everyone. My name is Jessica Cabrera. Um, I have been with Mountain View Health Services since day one when we started back in August of 2018. Um, I'm originally from Texas. I've been here for six years. Um, no offense to Texas, but there's no way that I'd move back on purpose. <laughs> I really love it here. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I mean, I love the community here in Mountain View. I started working here and now John, Dr. Van Ravensway can't get rid of me, <laughs> no matter how much he tries <laughs> or if he ever tried. But yeah, I love the community here. Um, I love what we represent here in Mountain View Health Services and that's, you know, giving patient care and, you know, our whatever we do for our, our patients, like that's, that's what we're here for. I, I don't have a whole lot to say. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's perfect. Thank you so much. A nervous, uh, you know. It's all right. <laughs> I used to get sick before these things. Um, so no, you're uh that was, that was perfect. And I believe we have Connie left. Yes. Hi, my name is Connie. Um, I am born and raised here in Alaska, originally from Southeast. I've been a medical assistant for about 23 years. Um, love medical field, love helping people. And I love working with the rural communities um, and just the different diverse people here in Mountain View. So enjoy working here. All right, thank you so much. Um, I do wanna jump into uh, um, Mountain View Health Services. It sounds like you all are fairly new. Somebody mentioned since 2018. So, um, but before we do that, I have a, a caller who's waiting uh, in Eagle River. So, uh, James, you're on line one. Go ahead. Good morning. Um, ever since the vaccine, the vaccines became available, it's been really frustrating knowing people who refused. Um, and I've never been able to persuade somebody who was dug in like that to actually change their mind. So now I just tell someone who refuses to get vaccinated that five out of six Russian roulette players claim it's perfectly safe. 
<laughs> yeah, that is a really good point. And uh, I, I think we're going to get into um, some of, of the vaccine hesitancy and uh, whether people's minds can be changed. But you make a, a really good point, James. I think people say, well, I'll take my chances with the vaccine. I mean, with the, with COVID. Um, but it's it's got some very serious risks that go along with it. So um, I appreciate that. And that is a, that, that's a, an effective approach as effective as, as anything else. I'm sure you can say to somebody who's sort of dug in and made up their mind. So thank you for the call. All right. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure who would be the best person to take this one, but um, can someone uh, address the, sort of the creation of Mountain View Health Services, the history and why it's, you know, what is your mission and, and who exactly you serve uh, through your services? I think uh, this is Dr. Brown Ravensway again. I'll, I'll start off with that and then maybe they can chime in as they, as they feel. Great. And so, so our mission is to serve the community, um, to serve our community here in Mountain View and, you know, the community in Alaska, whoever comes through our door, we consider them our community uh, and, and the people that we reach out to in the local area. Um, we're here to serve uh, the community by providing comprehensive and affordable health care services. And the reason we say comprehensive is my background is in family medicine and we're not specialists. We're, we're not going to be telling people this is the only thing we can do for you and we can't help you with these other issues. So that's why we say comprehensive because we feel like when people are, are unable to address, even address the other issues that, that others have, I mean, when healthcare is unable to address the other issues, the healthcare issues that don't fall within their, their scope, it really puts a, a lot of stress and strain on the patients who might not know where to go to get help. Um, and, and it's that extra step, that extra, that extra mile that we go to, to provide comprehensive care. Um, so as a family physician, you know, family medicine, uh, physicians, PAs and advanced nurse practitioners in Alaska who practice family medicine and general care are really the backbone of our healthcare system to help people navigate all, all the services that are available. So that's why one of the first things we say is we want to provide comprehensive healthcare services. We don't want to have to break our services into pieces. So, and, and then really the last part of that is just to serve those in need. And, and we really feel like our mission is to serve those in the greatest need who need healthcare the most, who need those services the most. And our, our mission isn't to focus on you know, strengthening already strong services that are already available. We want to go to where those needs are. And that's why we, we, we chose uh, Mountain View. We're, we're seeing a lot of people who arrived to the United States um, from Afghanistan or other countries who are trying to make their American dream a reality and need that boost, need that, that help, um, who have health care issues that are not have not been addressed in their home countries or or maybe don't have the understanding that we have in America about the different diseases. So it starts it starts here when they walk through the door. And um, 
so that's that's our mission is to serve those in the greatest need and and we haven't done a community needs assessment we do our our needs assessment every day when people walk through and we ask them what what is it that you need what are your healthcare needs and we we listen and find out and adjust and adapt to the needs of the community as they are presented to us and certainly we're involved with the space of healthcare and we're, we're listening to other providers and what's um, what their concerns are too, but we're also primarily listening to our patients. Um, and we started uh, basically for the purpose of creating this health clinic in Mountain View as to be a nonprofit service agency, um, to be an innovative clinic that meets the needs of our community. Um, we first started here in 2018. Um, fortunately, our landlord gave us a, a good deal on the, this medical space here and we thank him for that and uh, allowed us to get started. Um, we uh, started with a, a small group of people. We had Connie training our CMAs every night after she worked at her other job. Um, Jessica was calling around the community getting getting help uh, wherever we could to, to help start and Felicia we, we um, brought on to just just to get that that experience in in healthcare and patient services with uh, excellent customer service, so we really started with a strong team, and they've stayed on here with us. And um, the nonprofit began um, after we started as a for profit, so we switched we switched halfway through COVID into into nonprofit, so we could expand and um, and to provide care. Uh, and more comprehensive care than just a just a single doctor can provide. So now we we're we're providing behavioral health services. We have a COVID vaccine and a testing center, and we have a PA here who specializes in behavioral health medications. So we are trying to get we are trying to develop our services to meet a broader the broader needs of the community. Um, does anyone else? Jessica, do you want to mention anything about? Our... I honestly feel like you covered it all. I mean, we're here. To, you, I feel like you opened this clinic, yes, to serve the community. Um, and we do try as staff members of this clinic to help our patients as much as we can. And that if that's saying that, hey, I need a ride to the clinic, and if we are able to help them do that, then we do that. If say they need, you know, if I have a patient that speaks Spanish and they're trying to get, you know, their appointment set up with somebody else and there's no interpreter service, sometimes I have to step away from my, from what I'm doing to be able to help that patient set up those appointments because we want to make sure that the community, you know, that their needs are being met. And sometimes it can be just as little as that, that there is a language barrier and, you know, it, and it makes it difficult and scary for the patient. So we want to make that a nice streamline for them and make it easier for them to, you know, be able to get the help that they need. Wow. Y'all are uh, making me want to come there. Um, it sounds. Well, you're more than uh, We see everyone. <laughs> right. No, it sounds like really like, like whole person, um, very family sort of vibe to it. Like we, you're there to take care of people and the whole person and the whole family. And that sounds I mean, it just sounds lovely. And I'd like to, we're going to get into more of, I mean, it also sounds really complex um, because you, it sounds like you started just prior to COVID and you open your doors 
and then you get hit with this wave of of folks who don't really understand like none of us did this disease and and this process and and what you know and then the vaccine um comes rolling out and there's all these questions about that and i can i can, am just seeing uh how hard you all worked and and how difficult it is because it's a very diverse population as you mentioned and people from really all over the world and new to america and new to the medical system and um with all the the talk and going on on the radio and the different opinions uh all the information so we will get into all of that when we come back uh, but we are already at our first break and i know y'all were saying like an hour that's a long time it's going to go fast because we're already at our first break so for anyone who might be tuning in late you are listening to line one your health connection on alaska public media today is our second installment of our talk to your neighbor series which is a part of our effort to encourage people to get vaccinated for covid19 my guests today are Jessica Cabrera, Connie Quinoviva, Felicia Fleming, and the medical director, uh, Dr. Jonathan Van Ravenswaif, all from Mountain View Health Services. If you have a question for my guests or a comment about today's topic, or just a personal story about your vaccination journey um, that you'd like to share with us, you can reach us in three ways. In Anchorage, our local number is 907 550-8433. Outside of Anchorage, our toll-free number is 1-888-353-5752. And our email is line1 at alaskapublic.org. After this short break, we will continue our conversation. I'm Prentice Pemberton, and you're listening to Line 1, your health connection on Alaska Public Media. You're listening to Line 1 from Alaska Public Media. You can find Line 1 on alaskapublic.org or wherever you get your podcasts. The Alaska State Library Talking Book Center has audiobooks and more for children and adults who are unable to read standard print. Learn more at talkingbooks.alaska.gov. This message sponsored by the Alaska Library Network. Welcome back to Line One, your health connection on Alaska Public Media. I'm your host, Prentice Pemberton. For those of you who might be tuning in late, you are listening to Line One, your health connection. Uh, today is our second installment of our Talk to Your Neighbor series, which is part of our, of our effort to encourage people to get vaccinated for COVID-19. My guests today, all from Mountain View Health Services, are Jessica Fleming, Oh, and no, I'm sorry, Felicia Fleming, Jessica Cabrera, Connie Quinoviva, and the medical director, Dr. Jonathan Van Ravensway. If you have a question for my guests, a comment about today's topic, or just a personal uh, story you'd like to share, you can reach us in Anchorage at 907-550-8433 or toll-free at 
1-888-353-5752 or email us at line one at alaskapublic.org. All right, Dr. Van's, Van Ravensway, I have a quick question that perhaps you can answer. Um, it's, uh, do seniors need a fourth dose? I know that my parents got a fourth dose in January. Can you uh, update us on that? Do seniors need a fourth dose? Well, that is a question, and I'm not an expert on that, but I would I would say in general, if you talk to your primary care doctor about your situation, um, and you might get this as an answer for me in more than one question, right? Because you know that's really my my mode of operation is is treating every individual in the in the uniqueness of their situation individually, uh, taking into consideration um, their health problems, their health risks. Um, so, and I think we'll get more guidance as that fourth dose, the information on that fourth dose becomes available. Uh, the information from the CDC, from the investigators who uh, research the efficacy and the benefits and the risk of the fourth dose. So I don't really have an expert opinion on that, but I, I'm going to be researching that myself with my own patients and uh, making sure that our patients know what to do in that regard. And um, like I say, that's kind of my general approach. And that's why I love your approach, um, Prentice here with this program as being a conversation. So um, that's, that's a really great way to approach it. Yeah, that's a uh, good advice. And I think no matter how many times you say it, it's, uh, it's still powerful is have a real, conversation with your personal physician who knows your situation well uh everybody is indeed different and and that's a decision um to make after some some good information um all right so we are we got some uh phone calls lining up thank you for your answer there um we'll go ahead and go to Kristen in anchor point you have a question for us today go ahead is there anything in the works now since uh, COVID is obviously becoming an endemic disease that's going to be around for a very, very long time? Is there any works being taken for clinics, medical centers, hospitals to start uh, setting up uh, systems and procedures by which the COVID people can be kept uh, maybe in special wards or areas? while people who need regular uh, acute care or ICU of their own from other uh, things that are happening to them, heart attacks, uh, strokes, and what have you, uh, can act, start accessing hospitals again because there's still a problem with uh, many of the emergency rooms and ICUs and acute care about uh, other people who don't have COVID getting in there and being cared for and this is not going to go away. I mean, I know if everybody went out and got uh, vaccines, it would be at least under control. But I suspect that's not going to happen. There's just going to be people who are not going to get vaccinated no matter how much you talk to them. So isn't it time that uh, medical, medical uh, uh, groups start thinking about, you know, having separate care units for, for these with this disease and I'll wait for your answer. Thank you. 
All right, that's a good question, uh, Kristen. Thank you for uh, for calling in. And I guess to sum that up, I guess it triggered something in me. Like if we, we it seems like we've been sort of like reactive um, and out of necessity because we've had these waves that have come. But um, is there some long-term thinking on how we set up the healthcare system differently, or and what are you all doing uh, over there in Mountain View? Well, thank you, Kristen, or, or was it Kristen or Christine from Anchor Point? Kristen, yes. Um, yeah, thank. You. That is such a great question because we've been thinking about this from the very beginning and how to make our urgent care and our primary care um, available to those who just need a checkup for their diabetes without having to go through. Uh, the waiting room where there might be other people with COVID. So it's been an ongoing challenge and we've applied for grants uh, to help us. And we haven't gotten those grants because maybe that, like she said, this hasn't been really a priority, but it needs to be. We applied to um, convert our space into uh, an area where we could bring COVID people, uh, COVID infected or suspected people into and have a completely separate entrance, a completely separate bathroom, a completely separate area where where people are or are on a high a higher higher level of care where 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 personal protective equipment is is at a at a higher level than the, the person that comes in for um, hypertension refill of medications who doesn't have any symptoms of COVID, has no exposure and has been fully vaccinated. And um, so that is, a, that is a very good question and that's absolutely what needs to happen. We need to have separate entrances for people who are sick. Uh, we need to have separate facilities for those people who are suspected of having COVID so they don't have to be in the same room, in the waiting rooms with other people um, who are not likely to have COVID. Um, and, the, and that's another mitigation strategy. Ventilation systems absolutely need to change in our in our buildings because in this in Mountain View Health Services, we applied for a grant for a ventilation system. It wasn't enough money, so we weren't able to do it. But if we could get that uh, grant, we would be able to install ventilation systems separately uh, for for those places where, where people have COVID and those that don't, and can be a completely separate ventilation system. And also the staff, the staff that work in the hospitals, the staff that work in these clinics, they need to be have isolation. If they're just working in the office doing medical billing, you know, they shouldn't have to be in the same ventilation system as the rest of of the of the hospital or the clinic. Um, and the, the bigger hospitals have this down pat, but it's the smaller clinics where we're in the in the public health centers out in the villages and and the the village clinics that they don't have the resources to separate everyone out and um they have to be right there the the health aides they have to be right there and and they don't know the covid status of their patients right. um they might not have those the ability to even separate patients that have covid and don't um which which i guess you know, it leads me to another idea, but I'll just stick with that. But um, I could, as you can see, I can, I can talk on this for a while, but that that's, that's a really important question, Kristen, Kristen and, and one that needs to be addressed for sure at a state level, at a, 
at a um, medical medical association level or, a, or organizational level on the on the state level. So, um, great question. Yeah, it sounds like uh, you're talking about a lot of infrastructure stuff, um, a lot of logistical stuff, and how we set up uh, facilities in order to sort of separate. And it does seem like this is going to be a sort of a long haul. It's not like we've, you know, like the early days we thought, okay, we're just going to beat this thing back and we'll be done and move on with our lives. But um, that may not be the case. Okay. We're going to keep going with uh, a phone call. Um, Fran in Anchorage, you're on line one. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to be really brief. I went to this clinic once, and all I can say is they are the best in the city, hmm. as far as I'm concerned. For friendliness, healthcare is fantastic. Cleanliness, everything involved. And a personal story is when COVID came out and the vaccines came out, my primary did not call to tell me to get a shot, but this clinic did. And I'm astounded to find out that they're a nonprofit. And I wanted to know. Do they accept donations? Because they are fantastic. Hmm. Okay, Fran, thank you so much. And uh, who would like to respond to that? Because it's it's right in line with what I said about how nice it sounded. She has been there, Fran's been there, and uh, confirmed that it's a fabulous place. So um, hats off to you all who wants to respond to that. I can respond to that. This is Jessica. Thank you, Fran, so much for your lovely comments about our clinic. We really appreciate it. Um, But yes, you can donate to us. Um, If you go to our website, which is um, mtvhs.org, there is a donations link at the top. If you click that, it will tell you exactly how to donate to our clinic. And we appreciate any donations and, you know, any kind words that, you know, are said about our clinic, because again, we're here to serve the community. Yeah, and it sounds like those donations will go back into really providing more of those um, excellent services to underserved populations. Um, so perhaps uh, this is a question for Felicia, or if not, then somebody else can take it. But I am wondering, um, what is the makeup of uh, of the folks that you serve? I, I assume you're seeing a lot of um, minority populations and a lot of different language speakers and um, who who are who is uh, consuming your services, so to speak. Hello. Okay. Well, that is a good question, and you're um, right. We are seeing a very diverse population. I couldn't pinpoint one group. Um, Mountain View community is very diverse. We see everybody from um, self-pay, underinsured, private insurance, Medicaid, um, and Medicare. Sometimes we get um, people from the VA as well as people from the military base. Um, we're kind of right there on that line where the um, the base connects with Mountain View. So honestly, we we get everyone. <laughs> Okay. Um, is there, I mean, what kind of, uh, I guess let's go into the, the COVID-19 um, talk and vaccinations. What kind of work are you all doing to get the word out um, that vaccinations are beneficial, that they are helpful? Um, what is, 
what steps are you taking to get that word out into the community? And, and I guess what kind of feedback are you getting? Okay, so um, what we're doing um, within the clinic is when we do get people that walk in, we do clinical counseling um, as well as direct outreach, which um, is like social media. We do um, phone calls to those who have been tested to check on their um, vaccination status. Um, we, we encourage and advocate more than trying to encourage because we don't want to take anybody's autonomy away. Right. But we want to make sure that they are um, educated. And if they are misinformed or maybe not have that clear understanding because of a language barrier, we have um, flyers that I can print out in multiple languages. Um, for example, one of our uh, patients was from the Middle East. He just did not understand. So we just you know, went online um, gave it to him in his language where he could read and understand. And he actually came back and got vaccinated. So sometimes it's just taking that extra step, um, providing them with the resources because a lot of people just, you know, simply don't know. And so if they don't know, they just, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Okay. I have an email here that I'd like to read and it, I think it speaks to the heart of some of the vaccine hesitancy that people feel. Um, it says, my father died six days after taking his second Pfizer shot. What can you say to me that will convince me to get vaccinated? Well, I'm, I'm very sorry about the death of your father and my, you know, it's kind of dear to my heart. My father passed away uh, this, it's been uh, about a year. So, um, so, so that, that is always something that brings up emotions. Um, and, you know, the emotional component of this is, is real. I mean, there's this scary aspect of, of the unknown and, um, even for myself with my boy, you know, um, you know, there was the issue of myocarditis. So, right. um, you know, what's the risk? What's the benefit? You have to weigh that. And you just you just don't want to do the wrong thing. Um, and of course, you know, when you're talking about a, such an intensely emotional event, it's hard to to talk about facts that matter because um what really matters is the loss of, of the parent. That's the biggest, that's the biggest, uh, concern. So, um, I think listening to that person's concerns, um, empathizing with their feelings of loss and helping them to normalize their feelings, you know, just say that, you know, this is, this is natural. This is understandable that you don't, <laughs> You have such a reaction against the vaccine when it was associated in time with, with the death of your father. Even though we don't know for sure, it might might not have been the the cause or, or the reason for the death. So, in those cases, again, I think it's a matter of a conversation, listening to that person's concerns and addressing them, in a way that that meets their needs. I mean, what are the needs of this person? Do they just need to be listened to? Do they just need someone to talk to? Maybe maybe my job isn't to convince you to get a vaccine right this moment. Maybe my job is to talk about, about your feelings and how, and how you're managing the other health issues in your life. Maybe that person is so depressed that they really can't 
think about a vaccine right now. So there's so much to it. I really can't say what I would do. Um, it's really meeting meeting that person where they're at and having a conversation, just like Prentice, just like what we're doing now. It's just basically the the way to meet people's uh, maybe more they're at is just to have that conversation. So that's why, you know, one thing about what Felicia said was, um, how do we, how do we spread the word? Well, when people come here for a test, we always offer a doctor's visit because then they get a chance to sit down and talk about their issues. I mean, not their issues, but maybe their, their situation with COVID, like what is their situation? Why are they getting tested? And oftentimes you find out some pretty complex situations people who have COVID at home, but the rest of their family doesn't. Right. Now what are they? People are vaccinated and some that are not, and some that are too young to get vaccinated and some that are boosted and some that have to go to work. And if they miss a paycheck, they're going to be out, you know, out. out. I mean, the, the money that's available, that was available is gone now for, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there was that that news today that there's going to be more rental assistance but um but the point is people struggle the point is that we need to have a conversation with each person that that comes in and and we don't have a rapid drive-through testing center here we have a individualized um testing and counseling center um so we don't see the numbers that these these testing centers see but we hope to make it an individualized experience so the patients feel comfortable when they leave here and they know what to do. All right. That's a great point. You run through, you get your test, you drive home. You don't have the opportunity to get any of these questions answered. And I want to um, thank our listener for for sending in that email and asking that question um, because it is, you know, the timing wise, it, it's absolutely human nature to say, well, he just got that shot and there's no way I'm getting it. Um, and for every story like that, there are a number of stories of people who did not get the shot, who got COVID and who succumbed to COVID and died and really wished that they had got the shot. So that's why it's so important to have these conversations and to educate yourself and to get this information from people that you trust and not from, you know, news sources or online or, uh, you know, my kids come back and they're like, I heard this about COVID and I said on TikTok and they're like, yeah, I'm like, okay, well, TikTok is probably not the best place to get your COVID information. Um, so yes, thank you to the listener for asking that question. I certainly understand the hesitancy and, um, like, like you said, Dr. Van Ravensway, it was a really hard decision for me to, it was pretty easy for me to get the vaccine and the booster. And then I have an 11 year old, 13 year old, 15 year old, they were younger when we got it. That was hard, um, particularly with my younger one and, and the, the information about myocarditis. But I also know people, friends of mine whose children were not vaccinated and had some fairly serious heart problems that came from COVID. So there's there's lots of information out there and it's important to discuss that but we are past our second break so i'm gonna go ahead and take that now so for anyone who might be tuning in late you are listening to line one your health connection on alaska public media today is our second installment of our talk to your neighbor series which is part of our effort to encourage people to 
well, I won't say to get vaccinated, but to get the information and to really have make an informed decision um, with your healthcare professional about if it's if it's right for you. So my guests today are Jessica Cabrera, Connie Quinoviva, Felicia Fleming, and Medical Director Dr. Jonathan Van Ravensway from Mountain View Health Services. If you have a question for us today, our local number is 907 907- Five five zero eight four three three, toll free. We can be reached at one eight eight three five three five seven five two. And the last way is to email us at line one at alaskapublic.org. After this short break, we will continue our conversation uh, about COVID nineteen and and vaccinations. You're listening to Line One, your health connection on Alaska Public Media. You're listening to Line One from Alaska Public Media. You can find Line One on alaskapublic.org or wherever you get your podcasts. People who smoke or have smoking-related conditions like lung and heart disease are more likely to get seriously ill from COVID-19. Not using any tobacco or e-cigarette products is one of the best ways to keep your immune system strong, ready to fight all kinds of viruses. If you decide to quit, help is available. Call Alaska's Tobacco Quit Line at 1-800-QUIT-NOW or text READY to 200-400 to get the support you need to quit for good. This message sponsored by Alaska's Tobacco Quit Line. Welcome back to Line One, your health connection on Alaska Public Media. I am your host, Prentice Pemberton. If you're just tuning in, you're listening, well, obviously to Line One, your health connection. Uh, today is our second installment of our Talk to Your Neighbor series. It's part of our conversations about vaccinations and boosters for COVID-19. My guests are all joining me from uh, Mountain View Health Services, Jessica Cabrera, Connie Quinoviva, Felicia Flemings, and Dr. Jonathan Van Ravensway. Um, if you have a question for us today, you can reach us in Anchorage at 550, well, 907-550-8433, toll free at one 5752 or email us at line1 at org. All right. Um, I guess I want to get into, I told a little bit about some of uh, my own uh, story with COVID and the vaccinations and, and that decision. And like I, I mentioned, the hardest part was for my children since all of this is new and um, I had some anxiety, but uh, as um, as our guests have pointed out, the conversations with my doctor um, and with folks that I know about the benefits and the risks and, and what we face with COVID and we have, and my family, four of us have had COVID out of five. Um, it was not pleasant for me. My kids did better. We were all vaccinated when we uh, had COVID. I had all sorts of brain fog and um, horrible headaches uh, that were just, I'm not a headache guy, but they were pretty debilitating. So um, I'm curious, my guests, uh, what are you seeing uh, in your, uh, the people you serve, what are the, the reasons people don't want to get vaccinated and, and where are they getting their information? Hey, 
Okay, this is Felicia, so I'll take this one. So um, I just believe a lot of the hesitancy comes from um, just maybe misinformation, um, whether that be just in their social setting. Sometimes it's just, um, you know, family is against it. I mean, some people are some people don't get it. Um, I, I had an encounter with one gentleman. It was due to his religion. He just said, we just don't get vaccinated. You can't really argue against that. Right. Um, you kind of just say, okay, I, I respect that. I mean, you know, um, I haven't really heard a reason to like why people aren't getting vaccinated other than that they simply just don't want to. Or the issue, they just feel like it's kind of like um, an example some people get the flu. Some people don't get the flu. Some people get the flu shot. Some people don't get the flu shot. It's just, I think it's um, a lot of what I see coming in and out of our clinic is just personal choice. I don't want the vaccine. Um, I just give them information. I don't try to persuade them one way or the other. I just give them the information, the facts on why to get vaccinated, how it can help, how it can help the community, how it can protect your family. But then I still just leave that choice up to them. But there's really no story on the reasoning that I have came across personally. It's simply, I want the vaccine. I don't want the vaccine. All right. I, I can add a little bit to that. And I think that sometimes people who are not or um, wanting to wait on vaccination um, aren't aren't ready to tell you um everything because they're afraid that you know you they may they may not you, you might not view them <laughs> as per as a person yeah that, that basically yes jessica that you're going to judge them so i try we try our best not to to even um to get into that that zone where we're trying to judge someone based on you know how they feel about or think about something but we just try to encourage them and offer offer a relationship where they can start to trust us because oftentimes there's people that will come in and they'll say i i'm not sure but whatever you think doctor i know that i can trust you mm -hmm. so that's it i mean that's where we need to start we need to start to build that trusting relationship and have them explore explore the ideas that they have and, and help and, and if they can do that in a non-judgmental way um sometimes we don't get to that level of why they're actually uh hesitant it's more like okay now i now i trust you okay now i'm ready to do it um just don't and maybe that is the issue apprentice maybe it's just a matter of there is not the trust. There's just distrust is um, maybe the key issue and all the rest of it is just um, surface because distrust seems to be prevalent. Um, so, but, but once somebody comes into a trusting relationship, it seems, it seems to melt away some of their, of their um, concerns. And if, if they don't get the vaccine, um, we haven't, we haven't um, broken our relationship. I mean, that's that's real critical. Yeah, I think you're speaking to something that um, everybody can, you know, on both sides of this uh, vaccines and COVID and shutdowns and mandates have become so politicized. Masks um, 
you know, are, are so politicized and so divisive and the rhetoric that is going around um, that people don't, I mean, once you've sort of made up your mind or decided who you believe, it's hard to change that without building that relationship. Um, and I think that's something that, um, well, I have an email here that sort of ad addresses that and it says, how can I address people who blame COVID on those who are vaccinated spreading it around? They claim that we don't know we have it and therefore are the ones spreading it. So that just like speaks to how complicated this is. If people are saying, well, you're vaccinated, so you don't get as sick, so you don't know you have it. And now you're making the problem worse. I mean, that is the kind of information um, that is getting put out. And, you know, it just, it speaks to the divisiveness and there's so many sources. So to your point, uh, just really sort of narrowing it down to like, is there somebody that I trust to talk to about this who has that information um, is critical. All right, anyone else um, have any, like, are any of my guests, uh, like, did you any of you struggle with the decision to get vaccinated or to get your children vaccinated as, as I did? Um, so for me, this is Connie. Um, for me, it, I was also um, undecisive when the vaccines first came out. And um, like everybody else, I had um, fear of the unknown, but what I did is I took the time to educate myself, ask those questions, um, look at the history of vaccines, um, and then I made that informed decision to go ahead and um, get myself vaccinated. And I was the guinea pig for the family, so to speak, to make sure like, you know, um, that it was okay. And so once I figured out, you know, like, hey, this isn't as horrible as, like you guys said, social media um, portrays, um, and I have the facts now, then I felt safe getting um, the rest of my family vaccinated as well. All right, thank you. It is a hard decision, and I think the newness of it, and um, you know, it was funny because I won't say funny. It was interesting, very interesting when, then um, it speaks to like how politicized it became when, when Trump rolled out the Operation Warp Speed and said, we're gonna push this thing through. It seemed like a lot of people on the left and in the media, um, on some of the more liberal news outlets were saying, whoa, you can't trust this because Trump's doing it and then Biden came into presidency and then it all shifted to, oh, um, everybody should get the vaccine because it's good for community health. And, you know, whether you're a Trump fan or a, a Biden fan or somewhere in between, it just seems like that sort of illustrates a lot of the problem here is this this divisiveness on on trust and who we can believe and not having a single message about public health. Um, I guess we are just about out of time, but, um, uh, Dr. Van Ravensway, I would like, can you take just a second to sort of like, what do we know, uh, uh, from science as far as the best knowledge about what the vaccines and the boosters do 
Um, and I mean, what, what does the data suggest that people should be aware of? I think the, the most important thing now is that they reduce ho uh, hospitalizations and severe illness. I mean, that's the most critical piece at this point. I mean, there's a lot of other data that's going to become available, um, but reducing those severe cases is what we're really concerned about. You know, I can't give you the facts on how transmissible the virus is before and after a vaccine. Obviously, you can still catch it. Um, but what we really do know is that the risk of severe illness in those high-risk groups is dramatically reduced. So that's your grandmother. That's that's your aunt with rheumatoid arthritis or on, you know, on chemotherapy or other immunosuppressive drugs. And those are the people that we know. Those are the people that we're concerned about. So that's why we're all doing it, even though we're low risk. We're trying to protect those high-risk people from those severe illness and death. So, I mean, that's the bottom line for me. I, I can't get into all the rest of it, right. but the biggest, biggest message is we all get the vaccine for those people. We don't, you know, I didn't get the vaccine for myself as much as I got it because it's a public health issue. And there's a lot of my patients that are at high risk. So I don't want to be the one that gives them COVID if I can help it. And, um, if, if the vaccines reduce that um, in other people, um, as well as reduce the transmissibility a little bit. I mean, that's that's the main thing. So it's, it's, it's hard to make a clear message because of all the intricacies around it, but thinking about those, those people that are at high risk, that's, that's, that's the clearest message I can offer. All right, well, uh, we are out of time. I would like to uh, thank all of our guests uh, from Mountain View Services. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to join us today. It was great having you. Um, next week, uh, Dr. Justin Clark returns uh, to discuss homelessness in Alaska. My thanks to Line One producer Adeline Baxter and to our audio engineer. Oh, it's not Tobin. Oh, yes, it is Tobin. Tobin Shelby. Uh, for all of us at Line One, thanks for taking the time to listen in today. Until next time, I'm Prentice Pemberton. Have a great day, Alaska. Line One is a production of Alaska Public Media, which is solely responsible for its content. Views expressed are those of the host and participants and not necessarily those of Alaska Public Media, this station, or its underwriters. Learn more about Line One and listen online at alaskapublic.org. This is Alaska Public Media.